Because at first I was like judging myself for not being normal. Because I've just let myself be whoever I want to be, I'm finally feeling like not everything is the end of the world. Not having everybody like me, not having every thought in my mind be matching with everybody else that I care about. Not having the same people in my life my whole life. The biggest thing that I've learned is just to like be present and not take things so seriously. Hey everybody, welcome back to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead, and we are getting further into season six. So grateful for all of our followers, any new listeners we have out there. Thank you so much for checking us out and for hopefully sticking around. I hope you've liked what you've been listening to. Um, Please leave us a review. Please rate us. Please tell a friend, tell your neighbor, tell your family, tell whoever. If they are looking for a new podcast to listen to, we'd really appreciate it. Um, Remember to follow us on social media as well. We've got a Facebook and an Instagram at I've been better.pod. We don't have a Twitter, probably won't ever have a Twitter, so don't look for us there. Um, on today's episode, we are so excited to have a long-awaited guest who I have become uh, just excited to share with y'all because she has been a little bit in the peripheral of my life, but has become, you know, gradually seeing her more and like she's in the space that I really enjoy and have talked about before. So I'm very excited to introduce y'all to Logan. But before we get into that, um, let me share y'all a little bit about Logan very briefly on here. So Logan is in marketing for the Carolina Hurricanes, which are doing pretty well this season, I would say, for anyone who's a Kaniac and like enjoys watching hockey. Hopefully, y'all have heard about us across the country. Uh, it's just like if you're an NC State Wolfpack fan, you're going to have a heart attack. So just like watching the Canes, you'll probably have heart attacks, uh, metaphorically speaking, hopefully, anytime you watch them. We, as in like our little family, are big Canes fans as well. We went, Josh went in on like a group um, share of seats this past season. So I've been going to a lot of the games, which is very exciting. Uh, so Logan works for the Carolina Hurricanes, as I was saying, which is really cool. And she's also the owner of Zen Me Out Yoga, which is how I found Logan. Um, Logan is obsessed with cats just like I am. And so we're going to definitely talk about how she came up with this incredibly catchy and wonderful name for a yoga studio, which I am obsessed with. Logan has her 200-hour registered yoga teacher training certification, and she's really passionate about bringing yoga to all in hopes that yoga can help more people with their journey and finding themselves and being better, happier, healthier, and overall, including their mental health. She loves her cats. They are her life, Mila and Rue. And in her free time, she likes to find fun new things to do around the area, hang with friends, and spend time outside during the nice weather. So welcome, Logan. Hi. Hi. Logan, say your last name for me again before I butcher it. Wheelis. Wheelis. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yep. <laughs> so if y'all also recognize, uh, this is Logan Wheelis. If y'all are local to the area and listen to 94.7 QDR, that is Logan's yes. dad. <laughs> uh, so Logan's very familiar with the radio industry and with recording and being on live episodes of whatever and like putting wow. herself out there. So Logan's got it down. Yeah. Because your mom's in radio too, you said. Yes. It, I definitely grew up in it, for sure. Yeah. A lot of the times, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life, and it just seemed like, oh, 
this is what I should do. Yeah, because my parents do it. And so I did it for a little while in college, but and a little bit outside of college. Every once in a while, I'll uh, co-host with my dad. I know. That is so cool. I don't listen to the radio. I actually cannot yeah. tell you the last time I turned the radio on in my car. It's probably like Most six years ago. Don't. Yeah, but I do remember listening to 94.7 QDR when I was in college. I'm sure that he talked about me. Which is just wild. He was like, always the embarrassing stories, but it's fine. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it's like having this nice little piece of fame in my pod loft right now. Oh, Being like, look, it's Mike Wheelis, who's literally (laughs) been hosting QDR for over 25 years. And then you're here. Wow. As is his baby. You're you're just making me feel very good about myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's my job, ultimately. That's what I'm here for. So, Logan, tell us a little bit more about yourself other than what I said. Oh, gosh. Where to start? Yes. Where to start? Honestly, I my life's been definitely not normal. Or I don't really know what normal means anymore. Who does? Uh, we every, can all define it differently. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, when we were discussing what we were going to talk about today, I was like, what is something that's going to make me stand out? But I'm like, why does that matter? My life. <laughs> but, you know, my parents were divorced when I was two. So a lot of people are always like, oh, that was probably hard, you know, not, not growing up with a stable family. But I like to think of it as more of a unique scenario because, you know, my parents, I'll commend them. They did a great job mm. co-parenting. Um, my mom lived in the same neighborhood as my dad for a little while. I love hearing that because yeah. like, you don't as much, right? Which is why people tend to be like, oh, that had to be really hard. Right. Exactly. And everybody's always like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm oh like, I was two. So it was definitely normal for yeah. me. It became your normal. Like it wouldn't, you wouldn't have known right. it any other way. Are you from Raleigh? Yes. Yes. So I grew up in Nightdale. Okay. Which is now on the map, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Crazy. I know. We have friends that live there and we're like, you know, beginning to dip our toe into whatever this hell hole of a uh, housing market is here. Right. And I was kind of like, oh, do I want to live in Nightdale? I don't really know. Yeah. No, mm-mm. I don't think so either. But, I, but people do want to live there because like you said, right. it's getting, it's exactly. great. Yeah. It is. I'm just always going to think of it as where I grew up. Oh, I don't want to move back where I grew up either. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. So my parents, they, they lived in the same neighborhood. And so every other week I would stay with my dad or with my mom. Um, And then once my mom met my stepdad, they moved to Chapel Hill. Okay. And I lived solely with my dad during high school. Well, I guess that makes sense, right? Did you have a choice? I did. They both gave me a choice and it was just like, all my friends are here. I might as well just stay here. And, you know, whatever. I was an only child. Yeah. Right. So since I was an only child, I definitely cherish my friends a lot more um they're my family yeah 110 percent. and so I think that that what's what makes me not like the only child syndrome I didn't know that that was a thing until I was older and and people were like oh you don't seem like an only child and you're like I'm supposed to seem a certain way because I'm an only child. Right. There, I mean, I love that you bring that up though, because I'm the baby of four technically, Okay. but all my siblings are so much older than me that I'm basically an only child. Like right, I only right, grew right. up with my closest in age sibling in my house. So I was nine and they had okay. a 
biological dad that actually they went and saw on weekends. So they weren't even around a majority of the time. Right. So I operated as an only child for majority of my life. And yet I was the baby. So like it's this, there are some quirks and qualities of me that are very much only child syndrome but I love my friends and my friends are my family. So I can relate to that. Yeah. And then there's the part of me that's like, I'm the baby for sure. Yes. Yeah. I was like the cherished favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely. My siblings definitely know that. (laughs) Well, and, and that's the thing is like, I think being an only child made me independent but it definitely, and you know, this is probably the hours of therapy that I've been to <laughs> telling this to you. But another plug for therapy. Yes, <laughs> but I'm like, I know that it definitely made me um, crave the validation from other people, and I think it's a good thing and a bad thing because I'm very empathetic person. I always, you know, I can feel people's energies in the room. And I think being an only child, being from a divorced family that I have to, you know, I have to pack a bag every week to go, go to another parent's house. Like it was just things that kids don't usually have to deal with. No. Or or have the capacity to deal with. It's like divorce It truly like the I don't think it's the unspoken for victim, but there's a phrase for that, I think, right, where the person who has to deal with it is the kid. Ultimately. Right. Yeah. Right. And like thankfully I you know, my dad always said it takes a village to raise children. And thankfully I had so many dance moms and neighborhood parents that were helping out all the time. So mm-hmm. it was like I was used to hanging out with parents and adults. So I grew up really quick. Yep. I feel like I'm an old soul at heart. Yeah. And so I think another part of me is like definitely the old soul that sometimes battles connection with people my age. Speaking to my heart through and through. Because I'm just like, is that a scenario that I would be acting this way? Or I don't know. I think it all comes with judgment as well. Yeah. Because I hate having to judge myself for something that I would never judge somebody else for. And I think I'm really talking in circles now, but I think, (laughs) you know, as, as I've grown up, I've learned a lot about myself and what has affected me and what hasn't. And I think a lot of people don't know that. Because what they see is this like happy go lucky person that like can talk to a wall. Um, a lot of my friends are like, oh, she's the life of the party because I can be friends with whoever. Uh-huh. I have a great time where I'm going to be, but they don't know the steps that I've gone through to get there. Yeah. And I definitely think therapy has helped me get to know myself. I love that. And, you know, that kind of brings me around to, I wasn't always like this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about, like you said, you did radio a little bit in co- after co- in college and after college. And then as we mentioned, you know, you run a yoga studio, which is how I found you right. was through the Zen Me Out Yoga during COVID. So tell us like what brought you, because clearly you took a different path. Like you could have gone right. into radio. This was what you were exposed to. You were around a lot of adults. It sounds like, mm-hmm. where'd you go to school? How did you get where you are right yeah. now? Yeah. So I grew up in a household that it was like, you're always going to go to college. I feel like that's our generation too, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And which is great. Do I think that college taught me skills? In- <laughs> like I'm trying to be very careful about what yes. I say right now. <laughs> taught me skills like um, professionally? Maybe not. Yeah. But definitely lifestyle. Um, I went to East Carolina, so nice. everybody knows. Pirate. Everybody knows he sees the party school. Mm-hmm. Um. So definitely had fun in college. Um, But I think that I was always, I was like, what do I want to do? I have to have this answer. What do I want to do? Well, and like within three years of being a child, you have to know what you're going to do. Right. Which I think is just so insane. And so I go to my, so I, so I go back in my mind, like, what do I know? What are my skills? What can I do? And then I automatically think, well, my parents do radio. Yeah. I was exposed to my whole life. Right. People say I'm pretty cool. And talking and can do all of these things. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I started majoring in communication and journalism right out of the gate. Yeah. I, most of my friends, they changed their majors 18 times, <laughs> but I was the same. So I was like, oh, I know what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't as much radio as TV. I, when I was younger, I could, you can ask. <laughs> My parents, I wanted to be the next Ryan Seacrest. Oh my God, I can totally see it. And I wanted to do like red carpet announcements <gasps> and like. Yes. Did you perform at, at home a lot? Oh, Were of you course. a performer? Yeah. Of course. And I would like make tickets <laughs> to present to my parents and be like, this is what we're going to perform today at this time. And I had a costume box and I would, I, it was a whole thing. Like today is ballet at three. Yeah. Please be there. <laughs> exactly. So, um, But yeah, so went through college. I worked at the radio station on campus. Oh, cool. Um, It was, it seems cool. Oh, great. Okay. Put me in my place with this idea. It was in the dungeon of the smelliest building you've ever been in. Great. It smelled like a toilet. Oh. And I had 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., Tuesdays and Thursdays. Who listens to that? Exactly. I'm in class. And it was it was like an indie channel, so it was like nobody you've ever heard of, okay. but it was indie hip-hop and R&B. Okay. All right. Super me. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of population does that appeal to? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it was my big break. You know, my dad was super proud of me. Well, of course. That was what I needed. Yeah. Then I got a real radio station job. <laughs> so I worked at, um, it was a country and sports radio station channel um, in Greenville, but it played at the beach. And so I was the weekend gal and that was pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And so I, and so I was doing things. I was like, okay. How old are you? Uh, 19. No way. Yeah. Like running a radio station on the weekends at 19. Yeah. That's wild. It was pretty cool. And uh, that once that was taking off, then I was like, okay, I want to get more exposure. I want to try the the TV side of things. Yeah. So I got a internship with a local news station in Greenville. Mm-hmm. And whew, 
that was a grind. I bet it's TV. And I realized in that internship that I didn't want to do news. We went to a an assignment that our news director is told it us to like go to. Five on your side here. Like, can you yes. there something to compare to? Okay. Yes. Okay. So I was a reporter intern. So yep. I would just follow around a reporter for the day. Okay. And they would assign us a news story that we would have to go out to. And this this man's house burnt down. Mm. And he died in his house. Oh, wow. And so we go out there to get some footage of the house. Mm-hmm. And when we get there, his daughter is there. And she's obviously clearly distraught. Yeah. And, you know, we tell the news director this, and he's like, you have to get an interview. And in that moment, I looked at the reporter and I was like, I just like, morally, I don't think that this is a great thing for us to do. And truly, I knew, I was like, I'm too empathetic to deal with, you got to get the story. Yeah. Like my priorities are different. Right. Yeah. I'm more people first, not business. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the end of that for me. <laughs> and done. And, and scene. So after that, um, I continued radio and serving jobs throughout college and after college. All of my friends had jobs. Like big I don't people know how. jobs. I don't know. How is that? How do they do that? I have no idea <laughs> and I was a mess. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't have anything. I don't know where I'm going to be. And I had to move home to my dad's house. And ultimately, that felt like a failure. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I think we're also talking to you. This was six years ago. So like pre-COVID, pre-inflation, pre-what's happening in the economy right now. So when y'all think about like, oh, moving home, that doesn't seem unusual. It was unusual though at the time. And it reasonably would be seen as a failure. You know, that's not uncommon. Right. And, you know, moving out of my parents' house is like very liberating. It was like, I'm an adult. Okay. I finished college. Like you have a degree, you're supposed to have it all figured out. Ha hilarious yeah so who sold us that lie and that's the thing is now six years out of it i'm like i was giving in to what society thinks i'm supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. and but at the time i was a mess i was piecing together jobs because all I wanted to do was at least have an apartment with a roommate. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get out of dad's house. Yes. Yeah. So did you want to come back here to Raleigh? Or, like, were you okay with being back in the area? I did. I was dating someone at the time that lived here. Okay. So it was like, Raleigh's where I'm going to be. Like, my sorority in college, we had a senior superlatives. Mine was most likely to be found in Raleigh. <laughs> what an interesting superlative. I know. I was like, great. Is Raleigh like the Hollywood of North Carolina? I think it's because my ex was living here. So I was here every weekend. Oh, okay. So they were just like, oh, we never see you anymore. And you're like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm ready to get out of college. Yeah. I'm ready to get on with my life. Yeah. Be an adult. Um, LOL. (laughs) But, so after college, I was living with my dad. I was piecing together jobs. I was a server. I worked part-time at the news radio station that my mom works at in Chapel Hill, news reporting. I 
first got on to the Carolina Hurricanes Storm Squad. Um, okay, so I, that wasn't ridiculous that I said that. I was telling Josh earlier, I was like, I'm pretty sure she yes. was on that that group, but then I also don't want to misspeak to that. So Yeah, so that's how I started out in the Canes world. I think that's so Cheerleader. cool. Yeah. yeah, so if any of y'all out there are Canes fans, you know, y'all know exactly what Logan is talking about. It's the women and like beautiful young ladies that we oh, see like in you. the stands, right, that are yes. doing the cheers and trying to get people pumped up. And um, like you said, they're called the Storm Squad. So yeah. you see them around at charity events and you see them doing all these really cool things. Right. Um, I was a Bud Light girl in college. Oh. Oh, cool. And in grad school. And so it was not like a competition, but it was one of those things of like, okay, well, if we can't do that, we like go into the, the beer industry to do basically what the Storm Squad did, right. which is cool. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. I actually saw a Facebook ad to try out. Yeah. Which... Because you, you have to know how to dance to be in the Storm Squad, yeah. don't you? Okay, so I grew up being not a dancer. The same. Yeah. <laughs> we like do not dance when you're a Bud Light girl, so you're totally like, not the same. I'm going to look beautiful, drink our hold drinks. a bottle of beer, which yes. is not hard to sell anyway. So <laughs> there's that. But yeah, so Storm Squad was cool. And then I got a part-time, um, like an admin marketing role with a startup agency. Okay. So I was just like jack of all trades, keeping myself as busy as possible. When me- no, meeting a lot of people. I mean, right. think about all the places that you got to expose yourself to. Exactly. Yeah. And so trying to figure out what, you know, quote unquote, what I want to do. Yeah. Because that was the question that I needed answered in my head. And God, it was exhausting. I'm like yawning while like we me thinking about this. I'm like uh, thinking about like working that many jobs. You like bouncing around trying to piecemeal your life together. Right. I can only remember a taste of that, you know, from like grad school and working part-time jobs and intern interning at various places. And yet you're doing this, like truly trying to pick a direction for your life. Right. And, you know, I think I just went with what fell into my lap, Mm -hmm. which was marketing the, you know, the admin role turned into more. Um, and it actually was a full-on marketing manager position. I had clients where I was working on their social media, yes. um, any type of television ad, stuff like that. And it was great exposure. I, I was really thrown into it because I was like, this is not anything I was prepared to do. Um, but I started doing that full time and I continued doing the storm squad. And then, um, after that started, I was like, okay, I got my life figured out. But then I started comparing myself to everybody else with like these real full-time jobs, which mine was too. It was just a startup company, but all of my friends had these corporate jobs Mm -hmm. and, you know, sick and paid leave and, you know, health insurance. Oh my God. Health insurance. Right. And like a 401k. Right. Like, well, I don't even know what that is. Exactly. I didn't get my, I had to open my own Roth Yep. when I was 24 or 25. I've never worked at a job that contributed to that. Right. And everyone I was here is like, yeah, like, you know, I got this job after college and then like I, I get like this match every month. And I'm like, what even is that? Right. Exactly. And so that's, when I discovered my mental health. <laughs> and in walks in from stage left. Yes. Mental health. 
Which I mean, I think because like we, no one talked about us, talked this through with us, what mental health really meant. And which is wild, right? Because everyone has mental health. It's this idea of like, you have something's wrong with your mental health. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, everyone has mental health. It's just like yours might be more stable than mine, but we all got it. Or you are a lack of awareness. Right. Like we all have health with our mental stability or lack thereof. Exactly. And that was the time that I can say I've been better. Yeah. For sure. I, because I, was always chasing this, like, I have to be this picture-perfect person on the outside. Mm-hmm. I wanted everyone to like me, for lack of a better word. I wanted yeah. people to enjoy their time with me. I wanted to have purpose and genuine connections with people that are, we're only meant to be just there. Yeah. If they, that makes they sense. served a specific purpose for maybe one point in time. And it sounds like we were trying to make that last. Right. Like they had one reason to exist. And that reason may have just been like in passing or like you're supposed to deliver me groceries and I'm over yes. here trying to like make you my BFF. Exactly. Yeah. So I was just like fighting with who I was, the people that I should be hanging out with the things I should be doing in life, I I felt like I should have it all figured out at 22. Yeah. You had mentioned a little while ago that you felt like, you know, society was definitely a huge role in that. I don't think anyone would argue that. Where else do you feel like that pressure was coming from? Honestly, subconsciously, my, my family, I always wanted to prove them right. Mm-hmm. That I could be yeah. the best. Like, look at me. I'm their yes. only child, and look how I turned out. Exactly. Like, through all of this, I've, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. But eventually, my body was like, you aren't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and my best friend, she, you know, we talk on the phone every single day. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we've known each other since middle school, gone through a lot together. So, you know, friendships ebb and flow, but yes. hers has always been there. And one day I was calling her and I was just like, like, my chest is always tight. I'm dizzy all the time. My stomach's messed up. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I was just like having mood swings and all of this stuff. And she was just like, you know what? I really think it you need therapy and when you first hear that you're like there's nothing wrong with me you're like what do you mean I need therapy right and she was like I'm not going to pressure you you know she had been going for a while anyway but she was like all of your symptoms are telling you you need to slow down and listen to what your body's trying to tell you. Which is so hard to hear in your early and mid-20s, right? Right. I don't know any 20-year-old, I'll take that back, it's rare to find, you know, young 20-year-olds that don't have the same response that you're having, right? You're like, I'm having all these symptoms, but like, it can't be this most obvious thing that you're telling me it is. Right, exactly. And so, but I listened to it and I truly went and 
we're still working through some of the things that I told her about, like, what, four or five years ago? But I will say, you know, there were times where I couldn't even leave my house. Mm. Like, I was working from home at the time, which before COVID, unheard of. Well, super uh, less common, for sure, to have a remote job. And when you go from college, seeing people all the time, surrounded by roommates and, you know, dorm people, to working from home by yourself, I didn't have animals at the time, I was like isolating myself. Oh my God, yeah. And so, I would get anxious about being in front of people. And it was to the point where at a Hurricanes game, I was working a game. I'm up on the third concourse. We're about to do a a promotion. And I get super dizzy, lightheaded. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And then I start panicking because I'm in front of a ton of people. And I remember going over to the other section with one of the other girls and telling her, I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. And she looks at me and she's like, you're having a panic attack. It's okay. And you're like, no. (laughs) What? I was like, I don't know what's happening. My body's like shutting down. I'm dying. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And she was like, I'll cover for you. Go to the locker room. Yeah. Get out of here. And so I run down three flights of stairs and I'm just, I just break down. Mm. And then, you know, the next game I was supposed to work. I have another panic attack because I'm worried about having a panic attack. And so here I am working from home, then going to a job where I love because I love being around people and, you know, people energize me, but then being anxious about that. So I'm like, I can't do anything. Well, and you're also, I can imagine I'm putting words in your mouth. So tell me if I'm wrong, but being like, what the fuck is going on with me? I'm literally, I love performing. I love people. I have my whole life. It's part of my identity. And now I can't do that anymore. Like what is happening to my body? What is going on? And again, because we don't talk about anxiety, depression, shifts in your mood, what panic attacks look and feel like you literally think your body's just shutting down. I must have like a brain eating amoeba. Something's wrong with me. Yes, exactly. And because the symptoms of anxiety were what were debilitating. Because, you know, people don't tell you, like, the dizziness was crazy. Like, I remember driving to the grocery store one time, and I got so dizzy that I had to pull over. Mm. And I was like, I truly was like, my body hates me. Yeah. And so, you know, I started going to therapy and I was like, soon enough, I'll be able to get out of the house. Like, you know, one after the other, it was just like panic attacks all the time. And I, not many people knew. And it was hard to talk about because everybody saw me on the outside. Like I had this hard shell. I could put on a freaking show. No one knew. Because I didn't want anyone to see me vulnerable or be like, oh, Logan really doesn't have her shit together. Because I was like, I want this persona of myself to make it seem like I have it all together. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, having it together was like the thing. But 
man, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, you know, through that, I realized who I could actually really feel trusting in. Mm-hmm. And how we need to talk about it more with other people because so many people struggle with it. And, you know, I was in a relationship at the time and I truly put all of my eggs in his basket. And I feel terrible because I leaned on him so hard that I felt like I was doing it for him Mm. and not for me. And it truly ended up pushing him away. You know, we had other things that ended the relationship as well, but he was my security blanket. Mm -hmm. So once we decided that it wasn't right for us in the future, it was heartbreaking. So it was like I was going through trying to figure out myself having anxiety for no reason, I feel. Mm -hmm. Quote, unquote, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to move in together. And like, I'm finally figuring my life out. Yes. I'm like, okay, great. At least one thing's going right. Right. And he comes to me one day out of nowhere and was like, I just can't do it anymore. And he couldn't handle my mental health and the unstable part of it. Mm -hmm. He had never known how to handle it, never been around anyone that's had this issue before. Yeah. And, you know, you hear that and you're like, wow, he's such an asshole. You're like, ew, he sucks. But when I think about it, I'm like, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Because let me tell you, I was on the floor, my roommate holding me in her arms, and she's like, I could tell. She was just like, I don't know what else to do because you've already been losing it, and now this is happening. Yep. And I remember calling my mom one day, and I was like, crying, and I was like, I think I need to go to a mental institution. And she laughs because she was like, oh gosh, I'm going to come over. <laughs> She's like, okay. You don't. Yeah, yeah, you stay right there. I'm going to come, I'll be right there. <laughs> um, but also I think one, you know, I truly hit rock bottom. Yeah. Well, you know, I think as someone who works in that field, like I actually think that's pretty big for someone to get to a place where they're like, I think I need to go check in somewhere for a little while, yeah, we typically see the opposite reaction, right? I don't need to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't need to work on this. I'm fine. You were feeling so out of control and that things had just been going so poorly. And like you said, you kind of started be trying to figure out how to manage panic attacks, but that's really scary. Yes. And, you know, feeling very alone and then having this security blanket of a person, which we know can be sort of unhealthy at the time. Yes. But then they leave. I don't think anyone would blame you. I don't blame you or think that that's unreasonable for you to be like, I need a break. Yes, exactly. And that's how I felt. I just wanted it to stop. Yeah. And so I was like, anything, anything, please. Yeah, it's take me somewhere. Lock me in a room. Right. Do something, please. 
And, you know, obviously in that moment, I actually didn't go anywhere. My mom came over and we, you know, we just talked it through. Yeah. And I think it was reassuring because she was able to tell me, you know, I've struggled with this before. You know, this is normal. And then I was able to, you know, open up to my dad about my anxiety as well. And I don't know why I thought of, of it as something like a, a problem. It was like a failure. Right. And so once I did hit rock bottom, I was like, I need to focus on me. And I need to get right for me. Mm-hmm. And not for him right. or anybody else. Right. It, because it wasn't it wasn't even just him. It was also right. my dad. I was gonna say your family. I w- yeah. was trying to get the word out. It wasn't happening. Yeah. And uh, so it was like again that all comes back to that validation. Well, this image, right? This like yes. picture perfect. I mean, what was that like for your mom to be like, "Oh, Logan, I've I've lived through this. I've done this before. I've I've been where you are. I can relate to that. You're gonna be okay." Were you like, "What?" Yes. Because everybody hides that side of them. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it the most like infuriating to, you, you may not feel this way. I feel this way that like parents wait yes. to talk about these things until their kids go through it, thinking that like if they tell them sooner, it will bring it on. Right. I'm like, don't y'all re- understand how this works? And I'm like, maybe we just don't as humans, right? Until we look at it in hindsight. But right. like, what, what would happen if your mom would have come to you 10 years prior? Like, let's handle this in a better way. Yeah. Like, hey, if this ever happens to you, this is what this means. Exactly. Come talk to me. We'll talk, like, we'll figure it out. Instead, you're having to go through it, what feels like alone for months. And then finally, you think you have to go to a mental institution to get your mom's help. Yes. And she's like, oh my God, this has gone too far. Right. And it was like, but thank God I finally opened up about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so once that happened, it was like a switch flipped. Because I was like, I can't keep going on like this because then I won't do more with my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did everything. I did the therapy. I had books, like self-help books that you, you know, write in. Um, Yeah, did y'all do any like, so I'm thinking about Stephen Hayes for anyone out there who's familiar with um, acceptance and commitment therapy. Stephen Hayes is a co-creator of that therapy model and he has a TED talk where when you were describing your panic attack at the Canes game, he describes a very similar experience of when his panic and anxiety finally reached a point where he called 911 and was saying to himself, I'm having a heart attack. Oh yeah. And he was convinced and he told them he would rather be having a heart attack than them tell him it was a panic attack. Wow. Because he couldn't wrap his head around this idea that like anxiety was doing this to his body. Yes. That can't be a thing. So in his mind, it had to be physical. Yep. It had to be another explanation that was more acceptable than panic. Exactly. Because it doesn't seem tangible. No. And you want answers right now. And you want a quick fix. Right. Panic attacks aren't fixed quickly. No. Yeah. And... Yeah. I mean, we did, oh gosh, all of the things. All the things. Yeah. And then like, you know, c- candles, incense. And that's when I get, got into yoga. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my therapist is actually a yoga instructor as well. I love that. That's a, becoming much more popular. Yes. As someone who identifies as a holistic therapist, mm-hmm. uh, we meet once a month with other holistic counselors in the area. And 
quite a few of them are registered yoga instructors because that's that. an aspect of being a holistic therapist, mind, mm-hmm. mind, body, spirit, not just your mind. Right. Um, and I think that's so cool. Oh, I love it. And she, and you know, she had recommended it to me and I was like, you know, I've done a yoga class or two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, starting to do that was like amazing. And then I would like journal with it. And it was just a time at this point that was just for me. Mm-hmm. I was able to escape my mind for even 20 minutes. It was like a challenge, but my self-worth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I started doing all this, then it was like, oh, everything's falling into place again. Like, I can feel better. Right. I'm not ill and falling apart and gonna die. Exactly. And it was like, I got a new job. My guy that I was with, we got back together, moved in together. It was like, whoa. Yeah. I had the power to make myself better, Mm. to make it all work out for Mm -hmm. what I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Which was awesome. You know, this all sounds like great. You figured it out. You did it. You put a nice little bow on the top. Right. Tied it up. But then I realized that I was just ignoring it. Don't you love avoidance? Yes. It's so fun until it doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So it's like now that I'm not having these physical issues with anxiety, it was just mental. But it's easy to push that away. Yeah. And again, who wants to deal with that? Right. I tell clients all the time. So we talk about like the triangle image of anxiety. There's physiological, cognitive, and behavioral aspects to anxiety. The quickest and easiest ones to get rid of are the physiological symptoms. So what you're having, right? Like the nausea, the pan, the not the panic per se, like the dizziness. You yes. know, those are things that we can address pretty quickly. What's the hardest one to fix? Quote unquote, your thoughts. Right. I can't get in your brain. So we're going to have to figure another way out to deal with those. And you're like, I'm just not going to deal with them. Exactly. Right. And, you know, I just always had to have something. Then I was like a big plant parent. Mm, Do you see the pot loft? (laughs) We can relate. So it was like, I was like, okay, this is my thing I'm focusing on now. Plants. Plants. Love it. Had so many plants in the house. It just made me feel good. And then I wanted cats. And so I got two cats. And honestly, I like to say, like, truly, they saved me. Because they gave me that purpose that I was looking for. I was always like, what's the next next best thing? Like, what can give me that validation Mm -hmm. of having a purpose? You know? And so then I got my two cats. And then some of my plants died because there was too many things to keep alive. (laughs) And plants and cats don't always go well together. Right. Exactly. Um, And, you know, everything was great for like another year and a half. And then, you know, me and my ex, we finally were just like, we're, we're best friends, but like, we are completely not acting like ourselves in front of everybody. Because mm. we had just avoided all of the issues that we were having a couple of years prior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always wanted to be there for each other. But it was like, again, I was trying to make something that was supposed to be a s- smaller part of my life 
into this like forever because it was like 12 year old me was saying, okay, you're about to be 25. Where's the ring? Right. You should be getting married and having kids. And I was like, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Especially not with this person. And it was like, dawned on me. Why am I pretending like being like this person? But it's because we cared so much about each other. Sure. You know, when we were around other people, we would go to like business dinners or family functions and we would put on this face because we cared about each other. But it wasn't actually we were being ourselves. Mm -mm. So as you know, as you can tell from this story, we did end up breaking up. Um, and it was in January of 2020. What a fun year. And, you know, I truly was like, no one knew what was going to happen. No. You're like, 2020's my year. Right. Exactly. Ready for it. <laughs> and so, end of January 2020, I'm living in a place with this guy, not knowing that there's about to be a global pandemic. And I'm like, shit. Now my anxiety is coming back and I'm having PTSD. Oh, God. Because I'm like, I don't ever want to get back to where I was. Yeah. I did all this work. It's so hard. Now I'm all of a sudden falling apart again. Mm -hmm. But my saving grace was my friends. And, you know, I had a, gr a group of girls that would come over for bachelor nights. We'd watch Bachelor. Uh-huh. And uh, drink wine and have... Charcuterie. Yes. And uh, they, I, he had broken up with me over the weekend. It was, it was mutual, but you know. And so it's I don't like, think I ever sting. wanted to do it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have had the balls to do it. I hear that. But uh, I texted them all on Sunday and was like, hey, I still want to have everybody over, but just so you know, this happened. They came over with a whole care package. Aww. They had meal prepped all of my food for the week. They brought me everything that you could imagine. They had decided where I was going to live, when they were going to help me move. Everything was figured out. Wow. And I have always been the person that does that for other people. And in a, for a second, I felt uns unsettled by that. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, I'm really... I'm really losing it again. Everybody's coming to my rescue. But now, of course, I look back at it and I'm like, not everyone can say they have that support. And like, what would you have done without it? Right. Truly. I mean, I, within a week, I, you know, I didn't move everything out, but I'd moved all my clothes and the cats to my friend's apartment. And that was the best thing I could have done because just sitting in that place would have made it worse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were able to have that space from each other and then, you know, have a further adult conversation with each other being like, you know, obviously this is the end, but like, we wish the best for each other kind of thing. Yeah. So once I moved in to my friend's place, I, I'm, I have a mattress on the floor yeah. in a room. Yeah. And I am like... Like rebuilding your life again. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the world shuts down. Literally, yes. And I'm furloughed from my job. And I'm living like I'm in college again. 
because I'm like, me and my roommates didn't have anything to do. No. Drink at 3 p.m.? Sure. Sure. Go on walks at all hours of the day? Right. Fine. And that was great for like the first few months. Well, yeah, it was like, it was, there was a, a uh, innocence to it all yes. for a little while. And then the true reality and horror of the situation sunk in. Right. And, and I think that that happened when the federal government money stopped coming in. And it was just the state unemployment. Yeah, and you were like... Which, another trigger was applying for unemployment. Who thought you would ever do that? Yeah. You know? in your mid-20s, too. Right. Yeah, you're like, I, there's no reason I should be doing this. Right. And I have in my ear and back of my ears, my dad saying, you got to get a job. Mm-hmm. You got to get it together. You can't let this get you down, Logan. And I'm like... Okay. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Easier said than done. Yeah. But then I decided to become a yoga instructor one day. I was on the phone with one of my friends and I was like looking at this online studio because she had always done it online. It wasn't like a studio that had made it online because it was the pandemic. It It had just already been there. Right. So I was like, okay, this was already established online. But now the Yoga Alliance is showing it as registered because it's pandemic. So I'm like, I have nothing else to do. Might as well. And I'm like clicking through it and I'm like talking to my friend on the phone. And then I was like, well, I just got a receipt. So it looks like I I am doing it. I bought it. I'm here. (laughs) I signed up. Swipe my card. And at first I was like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. Like, school was not for me. Right. You'd already, like, didn't like it the first time around. Yeah. (laughs) But then it was so cool. And, you know, I was finishing it up and I was like, well, I want to get a studio job, but there was no studios open. Yeah. It's literally spring of 2020. Right. And so then I, you know, contact this guy that I had worked with randomly on one of my side jobs. And I was like, do you know anybody with, like, a coffee shop or brewery or something that I could do some yoga at. I just want to do a pop-up class. And he was like, call me tomorrow. And he was like, so I actually opened a coffee shop last month. Would you like this space to be yours? And I was like, hmm. Like it's that easy? Right. Because everything in my life, I'm like, it just keeps like, it's like right when it gets good, it goes down. So I'm like thinking to myself, this is too good to be true. Yeah. And then next thing I know it, in the next two weeks, I'm making a website. And you came up with this incredible logo. name, which you need to tell us how you did that. Oh, thanks. It's funny because like a couple years ago, I had just come up with this. I was like, I would love to have a yoga studio and cat cafe yeah, under one all roof. All in one. Yeah. And honestly, it just came, came to me. Zen me out. Isn't that wild? Like how easy, like to some people, I saw that and I'm like... She's a genius. <laughs> How had that not been taken? Didn't you t- say that you trade like you bought yes. the um, web address yes. like years ago? Yes. Yeah. You're like no one will own this. I will. Yeah. And so it was like I had already thought this. I was like, this is what I wanted to do. Why am I trying to build somebody else's business? Yeah. When I want something to be my own eventually, you know. And I didn't put that pressure on myself to be like oh, it has to be the biggest thing ever. Like right now, I just want to bring yoga 
to more people, you know, and I want it to be a unique space that can be a community builder. You can introduce people to everyday people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there's no pressure to know all of the things you need to know in yoga, you know, because some studios you go to and you're like, I don't know these pose names. Well, yeah, they like, only use the specific right. instructor version of words. And you're like, what What does that mean? Well, and half, and yeah, and half of the teachers don't actually do the class with you. Oh, so they're just like walking around right. saying, yep. And so it was like things that I was like, I never could find my own yoga community because I was always like, well, I like this, but I don't like this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's what it all became. And it's like, okay, now I have a purpose. Mm. And so it's like, I, it's crazy because it's like something so unprecedented, you know, you've heard unprecedented times so much that like, I did make something out of it. And I'm so excited for what it's to come, obviously. But you know, this whole story of my life and everything, it's like been a freaking roller coaster. Yeah. Does it feel like it's been two years? No. And it's like... Because, I mean, it really hasn't. Your whole... It's been five plus when we think about you getting out of college. Right. But, like, specifically thinking about, like you said, the unprecedented times with COVID, that's only been two years, but it feels like forever. Yes. And, And that's the thing is, like... I can't even picture the person I was two years ago because I was just this person, this shell of a human. Like trying to find yourself. Yes. And like, I have changed so much because of all of these roller coaster events. And it's like, once I started my yoga business, then I all of a sudden got my job back with the canes and like just been killing it and then having a good time and just trying to find myself. And now even the past six months, like I've been more true to myself more than ever. And part of that was finding and being okay with my sexuality being bisexual Mm -hmm. and you know I started dating a woman and I was so excited because I let myself go there because at first I was like judging myself for not being normal there's that word again. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, because I've just let myself be whoever I want to be, I'm finally feeling like not everything is the end of the world. Not having everybody like me, not having every thought in my mind be matching with everybody else that I care about not having the same people in my life my whole life 
And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just to like be present and not take things so seriously. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's like, oh, you're still in your 20s. Like, what do you know? Exactly. And it's like, I have not been able to catch a break. And it's like, you know, I started dating, so I started dating a woman and we, she, and she realized that she wasn't ready for a relationship. And, you know, it was really hard for me to accept at first because I was like, like I'm putting myself out there. I'm like owning this part of who I am finally. And now this person's not ready for me. Right. And it's like, I took it personally because I was like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Am, is this actually what I want? But then I realized, you know, through that, like, I am ready for a partner in life. I am ready to be someone's person without them being my life. Mm-hmm. And I think because of how much I've gotten to know myself, I know what I want. I know how to treat people. Of course, I'm going to like mess up every once in a while, but like the moral of the story is find what works for you. You know, therapy, yoga, journaling, cats, plants. <laughs> they've all they've all helped me. Um, and you know, that doesn't help for everybody else, but sure. A lot and it's and it's funny thinking about this. I'm like, people that are gonna listen to this are gonna be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, we knew the like, you know, bullet points, like, oh, they broke up. She had to move. Yeah. She lost her job in. for a little bit. Yeah. Start a yoga studio. Right. <laughs> but I think I'm finally confident with like breaking down my like hard shell. Yeah. And being real with people. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like we were talking about the other day. I'm a Gemini. Yes. The connections are everything Gemini's for me. Gemini's my rising sign. <sighs> yeah. I'm so, a Scorpio, Moon, Sun, Pisces, Gemini, rising. Wow, you're all over the place. I know. It's very weird. I don't know a ton about it, but my, my old roommate, she was super into it. And she was like, so I'm my, my rising and my sun are both Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm a Leo moon. And she was like, it's really rare that you're a double Gemini. And I was like, <laughs> like, okay. I was like, okay. So it just basically means like, I'm true to myself. Yeah. And I don't know why I fought it for so long. And it's like, like even a conversation like this, it's like, we've obviously had good conversation and done great yoga classes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but we're still getting to know each other. And it's yeah. like, I want to be able to have more realistic conversations with people. Yeah, instead of talking about bullshit. Right. We all go through it. It's yeah. like, we like, uh, you know, like, I really hate going to work every day and I had a few drinks over the weekend and like, that's just all surface level things. Yeah. And I'm like, we go through it. And it's like, even beyond the conversation we've had today, there's 
so much more. I know I'm sitting I here being like, we need through. to bring you back. We're going to circle back. Yeah. You like <laughs> did, did what I call doorknob confession at the end, right? Where like, as you said, people are going to be like, oh, like I didn't know some of these things. And you're like, oh my, by the way, this thing is real. And like, by the way, I like discovered my true sexuality. And right. we're like, all right, Logan, now we're going to have to bring you back. Okay. <laughs> like episode two. There's a continued. lot. Exactly. So it's like, and oh, and you know, I didn't even talk to you about my stepdad is an alcoholic. Yeah. So that's a whole nother thing that well, I went through as well. Right. Well, so and again, like, like these episodes are so, are snippets of these people's lives that right. I get to bring on here. And so, like you said, you know, this is only a snippet yeah. boiled down to an hour of your time of you saying like, y'all, I've been through it. Like I might be young. Right. Of course, I don't have it all figured out who does, but I've been through it. And now I can say that because of all these things that have happened, like I'm, I'm kind of happy. Yes. It's crazy. And like, God, even if you asked me like a week ago, I probably would have been like, mm, not that happy. Yeah, but try, like, try me tomorrow. But talking it out and being like, this, these things happened and you are still alive today mm-hmm. is like, wow. Freaking good job, Logan. Yeah. Pound the back. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to you. Right. But, you know, I think the biggest thing as well that I've noticed is like, it's all right to be not okay. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to every single day come into work and be like, it's the best day ever. Like you can just be like, eh, just a day. It's fine. Yeah. And lean on the people that you've brought into your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you've brought the right people into your life, they're going to care just as much as you do. Yeah. And it's okay if you feel like you've given your all to someone and they're just not ready for it. Because that's not about you. It isn't. But that's the hardest part of it all. Because, you know, this, this is my most recent part of my life. And it's like, it was, you know, close to the same timeline as when me and my former partner had been together and, you know, things were coming up to meet with some of those same people. Mm -hmm. I have a wedding coming up and it's like my past life people are going to be there. And, you know, at the time I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring her into this part of my life. And in a way, it's good that I'm not. Because I don't think my present self, that it's fair to intertwine that old self. Because I'm not... That person anymore. I'm just not. Yeah. And it's okay to go there for a wedding and celebrate and have a great time. And this was your life at one point. But it's not you anymore. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. And, I, you know, I'm bringing my friend now to the wedding because I don't have, you know, my plus one that I had. And I just, some people have, you know, said like, oh, Logan's dating a woman. And so I can't wait for them to think that it's her. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to have to like make wear a label. It's like, no, we're yes, friends. Exactly. Or I don't know, let them think that. Right, exactly. Like, who cares, right? Right. Who cares? And so, and that's the thing is like, it's going to be interesting. 
I'm excited to hear about it. But now, so you're, you know, you're hearing it first here. I'm actually like saying that I'm bisexual out loud. That's incredible, Logan. So I like tell my close friends, obviously, but like a lot of people don't know that. Well, and again, right. It's not like you have to wear it as a badge of honor. Like right. it's who you are, but it sounds like what you're telling me right now is like, I've not shared that with the whole world right. until right now. I, I, I told both my parents recently and you know, it's still a... It's new. It's new. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm single and having a great life Yay. on my own. So it's like, why does it matter? Yeah. It's because it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Exactly. That's, that's huge. I Thank you for feeling like you could share that yeah. with me. I mean, I think, and you know, with all the people that listen to this podcast. Right. Exactly. Right? You know, think it's not thousands yet. So. Oh, it's okay. Right. So your secret's like a little safe, but it's not a secret. <laughs> it's not a secret, right? This is who you are and we don't want it to be a secret anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so incredible. Right. I feel really honored that you felt safe enough to share that oh, today. Yeah, of I course. And awesome. I mean, I'm just trying to be as true to myself as possible. And it's like, why ever be ashamed of something? Because there's nothing to be ashamed about. For me, it's more the connection. Like I said, that's always what I was looking for. And women are just more connectable. Oh, I hear that. (laughs) So I hear that. But you know, like like I've told my other friends, I'm like, once you date one woman doesn't mean you only date women. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, no. You Again, you and I could talk about this for yes, hours. Yes, exactly. We truly could. Oh my God, I have so many things I could say. And I think that, like you said, you know, what, what was the piece of advice that you had said that you wanted to share? Because I feel like it ties into what you're saying right now. Do you remember? I think so. The mental health's not linear. Yeah. They're like yeah. your healing's not linear, right? It really isn't. It's always going to be a roller coaster. and. It's a part of me now. I kind of make my anxiety and depression as like a thing. It's a part of me. It lives dormant inside of me. And, you know, things are going to bring it up. Things are going to make it more challenging. Yeah. But it's all about using those things that I've learned throughout the years of how to handle it. Yeah. And every time it gets stronger. I love that. What all are you doing to take care of yourself? Are there things you want to be doing that maybe you haven't done for a while? That's a good question. Actually, I started making my bed every morning. I love that. We're big advocates for that. And I I never did. I was always like, it's just so much more inviting when it's open. And like messy and rumpled. (laughs) I grew up, again, as like basically the only child and never made my bed. Right. Yeah. And now I'm like, I make my bed every morning. It's a new thing. Like two weeks. Okay. Just started. Going strong. Just started. Um, I've always been a pretty good healthy eater. I'm like weird and love salads. Oh, me too. I was called a rabbit when I was a child. Great. Mm-hmm. See, love this greens. is why I like you. Yeah. Love, <laughs> I, lo- I mean, hangover food. I'm like, I want a salad. People are like, Same. what is wrong with you? Like it's Same. water. That's right. what, it's water. That's what it is. <laughs> but Hydrated. Yes. Eating healthy, doing yoga, journaling, all the things that I did two years ago. When I started not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like liberating because all of the things that I once told myself, this is going to help me, is actually helping. And that's so nice to see. Yes. It's amazing to see that, right? You're like, it, it can help you. 
Yes. And something that, you know, you've been mentioning throughout this entire podcast too, which just was find your people. And maybe those yes. people are for a season, maybe they're for years, maybe they're for a lifetime. Find your people and lean on your people. Yep. A hundred percent. I, whew. Like, I don't want to give all the credit to them, obviously, because I know I've done a lot of work. <laughs> no, please don't. On myself. This is on you. Yes. But I could not have done it as intentionally without them. Yeah. Because yeah. having your people telling you how awesome you are definitely helps. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And like I said, having them rooting in your corner, they picked right. up the pieces when you fell apart. Right. Yeah. And get a cat. Oh, please get a cat. And I love dogs. People think, yeah. People think that since I love cats, I hate dogs. Isn't that annoying? I'm like, y'all, we have both. You can have both. Right. And I, I'm like, they are naturally healing animals. Mm-hmm. Like, scientifically, their purr helps you. Yeah. And, um, you know, so most of the time I don't like to sit with me or anything like <laughs> that. Like purr from afar. <laughs> right. But they are so great and like truly... Yeah. If you need an animal that's low maintenance, that you are an on the go kind of person, but want like a a being to want you that isn't want some an actual unconditional person, love. Yes. Then get cats. Get a cat. Cats. Cats are one wonderful. Y'all already know I'm a huge advocate for for cats over here. Yeah, we were, you know, we've been having this debate about whether to get another dog at some point. Yeah. And I'm very I don't know that I'm strong anti per se, but I'm very like, no, we think that Jasmine wants another dog. She doesn't actually want a playmate because she's pretty possessive of us. She doesn't actually want to share us with anybody. And, you know, then Josh was making a joke and he was like, okay, well, if we can only have one dog, then we, whenever, you know, 20 years from now, when one of the cats die, we can only have one cat. And I just like looked at him and I was like, no, (laughs) good try. Always have multiple cats. But one dog. One dog. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how cats work. I am with, I, it's funny, like you said, I hadn't had, you hadn't had cats and then you chose to go get them. You got two. Right. I have never not had a cat. I, my freshman year of college was the only year I didn't live. Wow. And then my sophomore year, we didn't, I had the cat for the summer and that was it. But then after I've lived with cats my entire life. So not like, having a cat is things. very weird to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, we had dogs too, but like we always had a cat. Um, there was always like one replacing the other. Like they were just like constantly in in the door. So yes, our little last piece of advice is get a cat. Yes. Responsibly get a cat. Right. But get a cat. I mean, they're really low maintenance. I know y'all get a cat. Just got to feed them. Leave it in the bowl. (laughs) You know, litter box. That's all you do. Exactly. (laughs) Logan, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. This has been awesome. Yay. I really appreciate having me and you know, the coffee was awesome. The conversation was great. I love that. And I appreciate you having, you know, this wonderful space to be able to talk about it. Absolutely. I thank you for that. You know, like you said, we are still continuing to get to know each other, but that's the whole premise of I've been better is you're incredible. And I knew that when I met you and I was like, I've got to get Logan on this podcast. Like I've got to talk to this person more. And even though our lives don't cross paths as much as we would like, you know, my schedule looks one way, your schedule looks another way. Our yoga classes don't line up all the time, but that doesn't any diminish your, what's the word I want here? That doesn't, you know, take away from, I think how important and how much you deserve to share your story with people. And I'm so grateful that you felt like you could be yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Anything else that you feel like you want to share with with anyone who might be listening? You know, be vulnerable. And even if that vulnerability knocks you down, feel the feels. You got to feel to heal. And pick yourself back up. You'll get stronger each time. I promise. You will. Just like yoga, right? The more you do it, the better you'll get. Exactly. Yeah. Y'all, please check Logan out um, at Zen Me Out on Instagram. It's Z-E-N-M-E-O-W-T. Mm-hmm. Please find her on social media. If you're in the Raleigh area, Logan teaches on Thursday nights at Iris Coffee Shop in downtown Raleigh. And then we're also getting ready to do some outdoor classes as well that I'm so excited about. Um, They always usually come with a beverage at whatever facility that you're at or, you know, you can get beverages afterwards, which is really cool. Um, So please look, look for Logan in those areas if you're into yoga. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Logan. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. And follow us on social media at I've Been Better.pod.